0: everyone and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I am psyched to introduce you all to one of my favorite people. Um, This guest that we have on today is very special because I've met him in person all of three times and somehow feel like we have been best friends for our entire lives uh, because he just has that energy and that caring, and he seems to bring it to every conversation. He is the head of partnerships at a company you might have heard of called digitalmarketer.com, and he is an expert when it comes to sales, when it comes to building your brand, when it comes to agencies. He also is the head of a really great partner program at Digital Marketer and has been heading up that initiative which I've had the pleasure of being a part of. He uh, is also an expert on LinkedIn and actually just got back from San Francisco where he was filming some exclusive content with LinkedIn. He is a speaker. He is a father. He is an athlete. He is a wearer of nice glasses. He's part of that exclusive club. And he also refuses to be caught sitting in a beanbag chair. So with all of that, I want to thank you for being on the show today, Marcus Murphy.
1: Man, what an introduction! You know, the funniest part at the end it was like, yeah, he's going to be caught in a beanbag chair because nobody wants to be caught. That angle is not flattering. It's hard to get out of the beanbag. Sometimes you're giving people what they don't want when you're trying to get up. Like, it's just never good, man. But I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. I,
0: now, I'm like now I'm wondering should I be concerned about how shameless I was in the beanbag chair at Agency Expo in, in New York when we you had this conversation. You threw yourself in there.
1: You threw yourself in there, and you were you were exposed, my friend. I was you, not afraid. Were, yeah, there was some there was some. Interesting things happening. So you know I'm saying.
0: <laughs> so um, I've given everyone a little bit of context on who you are and what you do. But for those that have been living under a rock and aren't sure what digital marketer is or aren't sure who you are, um, I'd love to give you an opportunity to just set a little bit of context on uh, what yeah. you do and who you serve.
1: Yeah, man. So digital marketer is one of our brands. Uh, digital marketer is also one of the largest online marketing communities in the world, uh, full of people that are either aspiring, currently practitioners all the way up to people that are complete experts in digital marketing. And it was founded by a guy named Ryan Dice and another one named Richard Linder and another one uh, named Perry Belcher. And all those guys basically created an online way for kind of decentralized education, right? Like the, 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 th- the trend was happening where, you, you know, if you were going to a university to learn how to become a marketer, you were already late. Like everything was happening on, on an online environment. And these guys really formalize that. And the other cool part is that they really formalize community. You know, it might not be the reason why people buy uh, our certifications and trainings, but it's certainly why they stay. And I think we realize that, man, we've got one of the most engaged, amazing communities on the planet of people who want to come and learn and are and looking for tactical, practical, no theologians in the house. So, yeah, man, that's kind of who we are. Uh, and then me. Yeah, I I joined this amazing organization four years ago. And uh you know, I have been doing a lot more personality and like face stuff and getting out there and creating courses. But, you know, I was brought on to build out all of our sales teams and our all of our our people facing teams. So, yeah, that's come a long way. I don't have any teams anymore. Nah, just doing partnerships, speaking, traveling around, you know, getting that brand awareness out there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing for the last, I guess, oh, gosh, two years now has been really just being another face of the brand, which is pretty exciting.
0: Awesome, man. I mean, Digital Marketer, obviously a company that I have a ton of admiration for. Uh, for those that aren't aware, also the brand that's behind Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is coming up very soon. I'm super man, excited about it. that. The largest conference by a long shot for digital marketing, uh, probably in the world. Um, yep. Also, a bunch of other cool brands like Praxio. And, and I mean, you guys have um, about 70 companies in the portfolio at this yeah. point.
1: Yeah, we got some exciting ones. We we just launched an internal newsletter uh tech, which is called uh, recess.io, which is pretty dope. And we actually, it's kind of like trying to, we're always trying to solve a problem. This one is literally because most people throw, you know, kegerators and culture at, at like their people to think like that's what's going to solve it. And that's great. But we realize that people don't know what the hell's going on in the organization. Like there's a breakdown in comms and like, that's not, OK. And so we, we've been using internal newsletters for our business forever and everybody's super informed. And it's a fun way to, you know, access your people and make sure everybody's on the same page and working on the same initiatives, which is pretty, pretty great. Praxio was our online learning management system, which was cool. Uh, that was basically built because we needed one. We needed to be able to have that. And there, it, we, we were sick of other people's breaking all the time. No offense to everybody else. But we just wanted something that we could rely on. So we built it. And then, uh, yeah, man, we've we've got literally just a number of media properties we're launching. We just have a leadership one we're launching. We have a sales one we're launching with me as the face this year, which is pretty exciting. And then we also have a, uh, a, a kind of a founder startup one that's coming out with Ryan, Roland, uh, Richard. And, and and those three are obviously well-equipped to talk to people about founding or starting a company. So, yeah, man, we're just, we're rolling, baby. This is like, we just, <laughs> we're just like doing, it's funny. People are like, what do you do? It's like, damn, I don't know how to answer that right now in this season of
0: life. Yeah, the Digital Marketer Limited Partners International and Sons LLC. <laughs> taking over man. the world. Just, just um, it out. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to um, talk about today, and, and so for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we like to focus on operations and profitability. And we kind of harp on the podcast that just talk about sales and getting new clients. But Today, we have a very unique opportunity to have Marcus on the podcast. This is one of those things where it's like there are guests that I make fill out an intake form, and then there are guests that I don't make fill out an intake form because I feel just lucky to have them on the show. Marcus is one of those guests, and uh, I think it's a unique opportunity for us to talk to somebody that has such a deep experience in sales and also has probably world-leading knowledge on LinkedIn and that platform. And actually, the conversation to get you on the podcast happened because of interaction on LinkedIn. And yep. so that is what I want to dig into today and I'm this is the first time we'll ever do this but I want to roll a clip of something that Gary Vaynerchuk said to me at Agency Expo, which is the last place that we hung out where you saw me very unflatteringly laid out in a beanbag chair where he said and I quote, quadruple down on LinkedIn, bro. And so
1: that's what I was like, Gary. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I said to him backstage? I was like, Gary, man, you've been saying the same six things for 10 years. Like, why are you famous? And it was so funny because he laughed. He's like, because nobody does what I say. (laughs) And I was like, Oh man, like that's so painful to hear somebody like that say, but it's true. It's true, man. Quadruple down on LinkedIn was the best advice he could say because he understands timing as well. Like he wasn't, he wasn't beating the drum of LinkedIn when it was still kind of in its infancy or like the content was kind of kicking off. Like He gets it when, when it's like pre mainstream, my mom's on it kind of thing. And, uh, and he's right, man. Quadruple down on LinkedIn was the best advice he could give you. Uh, it's funny because he didn't really give you anything other than that. But everybody's <laughs> like, yes, Gary, you're the smartest <laughs> human. You know what? I'm going to quote Gary. Quadruple down on LinkedIn. Boom. And uh, his following is so intense because uh, because of people like you. So, yeah, man, uh, that's what, <laughs> let's roll that clip. So, so let's
0: let's talk about this. Why should people be quadrupling down on LinkedIn? What makes LinkedIn such a unique opportunity right now?
1: Yeah, the point blank answer is content. The, the context behind my, that my statement is that basically there are 675 million people on the platform. There's nine billion content impressions per week in the feed, and that's being driven by less than 3%. So if you think about it, it's becoming viral because. They want more content. It's like what Facebook was five years ago. Like now, literally in 2011, it was 23% chance that your link, your, your post was going to get seen on Facebook. Now it's less than 0.5%. They don't even report on it after 2013. So I'm telling you that, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Because in 2011, it became paid. (laughs) They need, they went public. They needed that money. So LinkedIn has a unique advantage of kind of this content and how people are seeing it. Um, and what it does and how to position it correctly uh now it's kind of like the wild west because it, it's still being driven by such a low percentage of people on the platform overall that that's why their content goes so far if they set it up the right way. So yeah, quadruple down on a few things. Quadru- quadruple down on LinkedIn and then listen to pe- people like me who actually will tell you what to do. Sorry Gary. Uh and I love Gary because he's just a great human being, but one thing I will say is like He'll give the guideline, let me give you, the, let me give you the, the actual work to do. And when it comes to content, it starts with your profile. Like everyone talks about like optimize your profile and have a good picture. It's like cool, but that's not the point. The only point about content that you need to remember is if your content is not starting conversations, whatever you put up there, if it's not starting the right kind of conversations with the people that you should be speaking with, then it's just noise and it's a distraction and a waste of your time. So like everything from your photo, your summary, your headline, um, everything, that, like all the real estate on your actual profile should be starting conversations or teeing you up for the right conversations. And then you can start talking about a strategy of what you share and who you share it with and how you set it up. But I think that if you can get everybody just to make a commitment as a business owner in this world to go and do just a few things to their LinkedIn profile that will start more conversations with people they've never met before, but they get the right types of conversations out of the content they're putting out there, dude, you're winning, you're doing something that nobody else is doing. And and by my book, pretty much successful people are doing all the things that not everybody's doing, right? They're not willing to share, they're not willing to work toward it. Most people won't do this. So I'm only assuming that some of you will who are listening to this podcast, and you will you have a distinct advantage on this platform, which is only growing. And if you heard me say 675 million, and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm late to the game. No, man, because the goal is 4 billion. So like you're an early adopter. So this is crazy. Timing right now, and I think that that's what I what quadrupled down on LinkedIn really means. So
0: I love this. There's a couple of things to unpack here. So the the first is we're alluding to this ethos of conversational selling, which I, I know is a topic that you love to to speak about. It's an ethos that's kind of shared among digital marketer. I think that's probably indicative of the investment you guys made in Drift, which is kind of a leader in yep. the space of conversational selling um, from a tactical perspective. So I want to dig into like what does that actually mean? So we post something on LinkedIn, or we're optimizing our profile? What are some examples of things that are, that are inserted to incite conversation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, let's start, let's start with the basics, right? If I'm scrolling through the feed or if I get if somebody recommends that, they, that, that I connect with them or you connect with me, all you're going to see is the photo, the headline, the headline, which is 120 characters, and then you're going to see maybe a little bit more of what they do, like your title, et cetera, right? You have a unique opportunity in your profile photo right away to actually get someone's attention. And it's not about like, (laughs) there's some things to stay away from. Like, don't be funny. Don't be funny in your profile photo, get something clean with a clean background, like invest $50 in the headshot and do it 60% of the frame, get it done. Make sure that you're not catfishing people with your 1989 headshot, like get something that if, because believe it or not, online relationships in this space become offline really quickly. And if I show up and you don't look like you do in your photo, bro, like our lady sister, et cetera, it's going to be tough. It's tough to, to have integrity built in trust built into that. So I do think that the photo is super important and people always laugh at that, but it is, it's the first thing that people see. The other thing is like the headline. The headline is always kind of like, I think it's not done well because most people just put their title and you can you just have additional real estate like why not tell people what you do or who you're looking for or what you're great at or like ask a question we have people reps on our sales teams have tried out a bunch of things they say hey like I help agencies grow faster or like I'm here to help agencies grow faster because that's the business that's who they're looking for that's looking who they who they want to talk to so if I see your photo And I see what you want to connect about or what you have positioned yourself as or you ask a question, then, yeah, man, that's a conversation starter. That is a conversation starter, especially if it's really pointed to the right people and it's relevant. So, like, I'm not going to go probably connect with you if I'm not an agency owner. So you also have to be careful because if you just get so, like, absolutely dialed in on one thing, but you do multiple things then you have to be a little bit more creative, but that seems to be the first two things because everybody sees those. And then the second or the third thing I would actually optimize is the about section, which is, I call it LinkedIn summary because it's 2000 characters and everybody does it wrong. No, like I'll tell you, no one wants to read your online resume. They don't, they don't want to read bullet points and superlatives. They want to read about What I like if you go to my LinkedIn page and you look at my summary section, it starts out with my mission. I'm here to overcome the stigma of selling. Right. That's what it starts with. Doesn't start with like Marcus worked at Enterprise Rental Car in 2014. And then from there he went to that's like no one wants to read that. They want to read what you're about they want to gain and glean your personality. And they want to know that the, that's like real life. Like when we met face to face, if you would have started out by just reading me a list of your superlatives and what you've done for the last 10 years, I would have been like, yo, this is weird. I'm going to take my egg roll and leave. (laughs) Like that's where I'm out. But I'll tell you that if you sit there like a regular human being and you tell me like, dude, I'm, I'm on a mission to do this. Like I didn't, I don't even know how I got here. I literally accidentally became a salesperson because I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it for Christmas and I didn't dress up as a salesperson for Halloween. Like I got here on accident and I just made the best of it. And here's the deal. It's been done wrong. Like everybody, everybody, like (laughs) everybody's a salesperson, but everybody hates salespeople. Like there's a big problem there. Like every single person needs a salesperson, but everyone equally hates them. So like, what is the breakdown? What am I trying to solve by saying I'm trying to overcome the stigma? Well, the stigma is that they're slimy and trying to take your money. So if you can ever become consultative and strategic and value driven and buyer first with the way that you treat people, then you'll understand that that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to give people more tools so that they can have a deeper relationship and they understand the full sales cycle all the way to account based where they land and expand that relationship. And so I write that in my summary. And at the end of it, I do a very important thing. I write and I say, who wants to join me? because the call to action is always going to be inclusive and the right people will do it. And you're, you're laughing. Everybody's laughing right now. They're like, well, I'm going to put all this time and energy and effort into something that people aren't ever going to read. Wrong. People read things that are good. Everyone laughs. Like, yo man, the phone is dead. It's like, yeah, no, the person connected to it is dead. Right. Email is dead. No, your emails are not good. Like, Hey, Oh my, my, my LinkedIn post isn't getting engagement because it's bad content. Like you have to focus on, the actual person driving the vehicle, not the vehicle itself. And so I think that it's really important if you're going to write a summary, you start with a mission. You start with what you're about. You show people the problem. You show people how you overcome the problem and you show people how they can join in with you. And a lot of people every single week, I get probably 10 to 15 different messages from people being like, dude, I just love your summary, man. How do I get involved? How do we get connected? I have so much opportunity just on conversations alone and people who reach out to me, not just people soliciting and trying to sell me something, but people who truly want to start some kind of partnership, business relationship with me. And I just, I'll tell you, it's because of how I'm positioned, how my personal brand was built using this platform. And that is where, because everybody's like, man, what's the business persona? No, you are the business persona. Like whatever business you're connected to, you are that. And so- dialing this in, making sure that your content, especially on the, the, the video, uh, not the video, but the, the headline photo, the, or the photo, the headline and the summary, those are, are probably the, if you could just do those three things, then you're going to be set up more than the rest of the absolute massive growth that's happening on LinkedIn. You're going to stand out and, uh, and more people are going to want to have a conversation with you. So I would say I don't want to give people more than that, but there are three things on there. So like your photo, which you think is funny, but it's super important. Your headline, which is telling people exactly what you're about because they have a split second to decide whether they want to connect with you. And if they do click on your profile, you want to give them a summary section that tells them exactly who you are, what you're on a mission and see if they want to be a part of that. Like that will separate you from the majority of people on the platform. And you'll see quickly that people want to start making, having conversations with you, which is the whole point of the deal. Boom. I want to drop
0: my mic, but I need it for the rest of this recording, so I'm not going to do that. But for those of you that want to go check out an example of this, uh, Marcus's LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes. So just go ahead and scroll down and check that out. I know I've got some tweaks to make to my uh, LinkedIn profile (laughs) after listening to this. Um, Okay, so this addresses the LinkedIn profile. It also talks a little bit about um, some, some of the core tenets of, you know, how we want to think about the content that we're (laughs) posting, right? Who we want to post it for and what kind of conversations we Mm -hmm. want to have with those people. Um, But what I want to dig into a little bit more now is the relationship between the personal profile and the brand page on LinkedIn and how we can kind of actually leverage, like create some momentum, what the strategy is behind those kind of two assets and how we use them together.
1: Yeah, I think I alluded to it. It's funny because I don't want you to ignore your business page or your showcase page. I want you to use it as an anchor because every single person in your organization right now, if they're working for you or if you're working there and you have a business page on LinkedIn, they're all linked to it, every single person. So everything they put out, everything that they do, people can click on where they're working in their current and present role and it'll take them back to a business page, which should actually set them up for being like, oh, this is a legitimate business <laughs> and they've got some things to stay and they should, it should quickly articulate what the business is about. And all your people, including yourself should be an extension of that. But I don't think I'm actually telling you, man, it's rare and few that people are businesses that really have, I don't know, let me say it like this, there are, there are a lot of different business pages out there. Many of them don't get the same traction as the personal ones do. And so when I say like, where are you going to put your, your effort and energy, it's like, yeah, you should be posting from there because that's going to be an integrity piece. You should be posting from your business page because people are going to want to see that there are posts there and they're going to see what your business is talking about, sharing and engaging with right on the platform. But you're not going to see tremendous growth Mm -hmm. there like the only people that are seeing really great gr- growth are having a lot of people connected to the brand who are out there sharing and being engaged and building a following. And then all of that starts to happen at the brand level as well. So people think that's weird because traditionally you would start at the brand level and work personal, but this is actually the opposite of that is where I've seen growth. And the other part is if you see, like <laughs> I laugh because Ryan Dice just said this, which I love. And he was just like, you know, don't, if if you want to be an influencer, you want to build your brand on organic content. Like most of you aren't that interesting is Mm -hmm. what he said. He said, you need to pay for it. Like you need to pay for engagement. Like you need to pay for advertising on this platform. Advertising is really expensive if you don't have a high ticket item to sell. Um, so I would actually focus on your business page and whatever. And here's the, here's the thing. You can boost the content on your business page. You can't boost it on your personal page, but the people who are doing it well, focus on organic content. So if the if the content from coming from your business page is getting a decent amount of organic engagement is when you want to boost it because it shows up almost seamlessly in the feed. And if people already see that there's some engagement there, they are more inclined to engage with a, you know, a, a promoted piece of content. But I do think that that's really, really weird. A lot of people don't think that way, but yeah, personal, this is a very personal first bit like platform. Um, and, and personal is great because if you're, like Ryan, myself, Richard Linder, uh, we really leverage this platform for our personal brand, which is connected to our brand. And that really pushes our our brand forward because of the people that follow it. They just they all they see is Ryan Dice, co-founder, digital marketer right? They see Richard Linder, co-founder of digital marketer, co-founder of recess.io. They see Marcus Murphy and all the stuff I do with LinkedIn, but they see that I'm the head of partnerships at digital marketer and that's building the digital marketer brand. And every single time that gets get shared around or whatever, everybody clicks to figure out like, where do these guys work? And so I do think that that's probably unique is that it's a, it's a personal brand um, uh, centric approach that I think builds the, ultimately builds the, the right. business brand. Okay. So reach
0: personal brand. And then you know solidifying that or the exploration. Like, just think about the path that the person is taking. They discover you. They get curious. What is this company? What do they do? And then you're optimizing your business page to essentially just create confidence. Yeah, I
1: mean, it, it, right? It echoes the same thing. It's like you, you're not you're not getting famous because you have a website, right? Like you aren't. It's it's how people get to that website. So we just figure out that if we have more personal brands out there and more uh, inroads to our business page, it will just continue to build the business page, just like it'll continue to get you more traffic and more people will take advantage of what you have on your website. If they just know about it, that's there. So you got to have something there. <laughs> you got to have a business page. You have to have a showcase page. You have to have a website as a business because everybody wants to see that you are, you know, who you say you are and they want to have those integrity pieces and something to, to anchor to. Um, so that's probably the most important part of those pages. Do you want some free
0: resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business, and it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that, and if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So the next thing I want to talk about now, we've we've talked about a couple of tenants of it, but really zero in on, you know, organic reach is a unique opportunity on LinkedIn. There are not a lot of platforms left where organic reach is really a thing, um, unless you're some kind of wizard or you know something that other people don't. But on LinkedIn, there are tons of examples of people that have gotten crazy organic reach um, posting their content. Um, One that I can remember specifically is Jackie Hermes, who spoke at Agency Expo in New York and shared her story and really built her business on top of LinkedIn as as a major primary channel. What are kind of the core strategies to think about when we're trying to optimize the content we're posting on LinkedIn for our personal page to get organic reach and to actually drive results for us.
1: Man, you just asked me 57 questions in one (laughs) question. So let me, let me go, let me go back to one thing. Um, Yeah. Content needs to be authentic to you. Like I'll give you an example, right? Um, People always ask me what to post and I always laugh because I'm like, that's like asking me where to go eat. Like, I don't know you or anything about you, but I'm just going to say, oh my gosh, you should go get Chinese. And they are be like, oh my God, I've paid. I've always hated Chinese. And I'm like, well, what are we doing here? Right. What are we talking about? So I'm going to tell you what's worth for us. So for me personally, on the content side, I talk about anything and everything. I, I I build, I build the audience based on my profile and they know exactly who I am. So many times I'm connecting with the right types of people. Once they're in once they're a part of and connected to me in the LinkedIn community, then it's going to be now my opportunity and my obligation to engage them with relevant content. So I do. I've had everything from like drug humor to, you know, advice I give my kids to uh, and drug humor. Yeah, you guys are probably like, OK, you're part of a multi, multi dollar company. and You're making drug humor like that doesn't sound like a on brand. No, it is. And let me tell you why you walk into this thing with a character diamond. You, you every piece of content we put through the lens of who we are as an organization and a character diamond means like basically, OK, here's what we're great at. Here's what balances it. Here's what it, we would what we won't compromise because of X. Right. So for us, we actually have a, a character diamond that's like, hey, we're savants at what we do. Right. So we have to have kryptonite. We have to have something we, we mess up all the time. Right. It's like funny. It's like and let me give you an example. Like no one like no one would like Superman if there was no kryptonite and he wasn't a nerd. <laughs> because none of us can fly and we think he's an asshole. Like that's pretty much the be a, Oh, he's flying again. Well, screw that guy. Right. Um, so I think that what we need is saying like, yeah, we are marketing savants, a digital marketer, but we also are highly irreverent <laughs> and that's a good balance. And it helps people to go, Oh, these guys are really smart, but like they're human beings. Uh, a perfect example, like Molly Pittman, back when she was the VP of marketing here, uh, she was on main stage TNC and she was given great information, but she had to use the bathroom. So she literally just ran off stage, no context to use the bathroom in the middle of her talk in front of thousands and thousands of people. So it's such a funny thing because people all of a sudden were like, what is happening? But they love us because of that, because it's such a real moment. Um, So for me, yeah, I I use drug humor as a funny thing because I said to people, and sometimes I'll do this, I'll, I'll tell them weird things that I do. And I wonder if there's anybody out there who does the same thing. I say, Hey, I found something that's better than cocaine and it's called shredding. And it was funny because I put it up with a picture of me shredding something. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't know what this is going to do. had a hundred thousand views. Do you know why? Because everybody in their mom wrote to me and said, I thought I was the only one. I love <laughs> shredding. I'm like, it helps me so much. It's so therapeutic. I sh- and people are like writing, like I shred CDs, DVDs, like people's bodies, whatever. Right. They They were just telling me all this stuff. And then one guy said, and how do you know it's better than cocaine? Hashtag sobriety society. Right. And so my reply didn't help because I said, no, I just like the smell, which doesn't, <laughs> that's not, that, that doesn't make it, that has never made it better ever. Um, but people were like, man, how, how are you going to, at a multi million dollar company like that, how are you able to just make that kind of response as a joke? And these people are probably your customers. And I said, totally, because our CEO, Ryan Dice, wrote on the post as well. And he said, man, that's so surprising because I know how much you love cocaine. <laughs> and so that it's that, funny because so did not guys, help. Like <laughs> that did not help the situation at all. And obviously we don't do cocaine everyone in the world. Um, at least not you know, not not in not in the 2000s. But all I'm saying is I I think I think the crazy part was I that is a disqualifier. Like if you're upset by that joke, we're probably not going to be partners and you're probably going to hate us, because that's really going to be some irreverent, funny joke that comes up. And we know we have our boundaries. Like we know where we can go and where we can't go. But man, like we go through our lives every day with a huge belly laugh and we don't take ourselves that seriously, even though dang, we could, we totally could. We are really good at this stuff, like really, really good world-class at what we do, but we don't take ourselves that seriously, which draws people in because if you're running around being Superman with no defects, nobody's going to like you. Um, So yeah, I think about my content through that lens. I think about the content of being like, who am I writing to? What's the avatar? Am I putting whether it's drug humor or like here are the seven steps on how to how to do an outbound email that that's actually going to get a response. If I put content out, it's got to have that kind of like, let's be serious, but let's bring it down to a human level. Let's be serious. But let's bring it down to a human level. And I use all the real estate in a in a kind of newsfeed post. Um, it's 1300 characters. Sometimes I use one line and I ask a really good question. And then other times I'm, I'm a poet, or at least I think I am, and I'm writing these, these sonnets on here about you know what I'm experiencing in my life. But I always leave it open-ended. I always try to start a conversation. That has been the trick to building and building and building is more people want to engage with a post than create one. And that's just the reality. That's, that goes back to that small sub 3% kind of people sharing content, but it's 31% that are engaging with it. So if you look at that number, you're like, oh man, there's not that many content creators, but everybody wants to be a part of the conversation, especially when it's good. Jackie is great. Jackie's such a homie. And I, she really built her she built her massive following off of video when it was like the first thing that she started to do. She started doing weekly, daily, monthly videos and explainers. And she put herself out there and she was consistent. That's really what it was. And and here's the deal. Her content had to be good. Like the content still has to be good and relevant to the audience. And she was basically showing people how she's building her business and how she's being a badass female, female business owner and how she's speaking and what that looks like. And she's sharing and giving a bunch of really good information away on a daily basis. And she's being vulnerable and telling everybody when she sucks and everybody loves that about her. And that's how she built. But the biggest factor was the, it's it's conversational in nature and it's consistent. It's consistent. There's a plan, like don't act like Jackie or myself. We don't have like a full spreadsheet of like, here's what we're going to post and this is how we're going to do it. And We have people executing on all those things. And so, yeah, man, I think that the two biggest things that people can really understand is if their content is conversational in nature, regardless of whether it's funny or not or helpful or whatever, it speaks to the right people and it's consistent, meaning like they're doing it over and over and over again. Um, they're going to build a pretty substantial following, especially on this platform. Yeah,
0: and my understanding, and I want to confirm this with you, is that the LinkedIn algorithm loves engagement. So that's a big part of the reason why, if you can get people engaging with your posts and having a conversation with you on there, they're going to show it to more people, and hopefully, more people want to join the conversation. Um, is that
1: they literally built that into yeah. the platform? <clears throat> yeah. They, they, so in your, they, in your, if you scroll on the page a little bit, it shows like your activity as a LinkedIn uh, user. And everyone, when you write on a post or you like something, it alerts your 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 following, your connections that you That's did true. that. And so it is to your advantage to have more and more people engage with the post because it takes it so much further. And if they have a big following, like Jeff Weiner has ten million plus or twelve million, I don't know, no, he's a baller. He was the former CEO of LinkedIn, which is the saddest thing to say because Jeff is such a north star leader for me. Like he is such a amazing human being, and um, I've had the pleasure of working with him now for. A number of years, but when he stepped down um, to take a less active role and, and have another person assume the CEO role, if he would write on a post that you've done, it shows everybody in his, that, you're, that is a viral yeah. post. Whether you like it or not, it's, it's thousands of likes and it's going to go. Um, so if you start to think about that and start thinking about who's in your audience, Why it's so important to have quality over quantity in your connections and who's engaging with your post and that you're setting up your post so that people will like if they want to comment, a comment is typically weighted more than a like Uh, as shown more than like if you like something, it doesn't always show up in your activity. Like it just won't show up in that person's activity on their page. But if they comment on it or share it, it it shows it it will literally show their contribution to the post and it will link to your post so you're really it's it's to your <laughs> it's to your benefit not to just have something people can like right like liking something is a one sided piece of content like that's how i feel it's like i can get 3 400 likes on there and i feel like i haven't done my job if there's 12 comments like i feel like i've really you're looking for that kind of nice sweet spot that balance between likes and comments because People typically want to, if they're really introducing and having the conversation or taking the time to write something, it is heavily weighted. But here's the other part. Responding to them helps the post a ton. So if people are taking the time to write to you, please take the time to respond to them. Or at least try to, like I would say 40% of the time is a really good goal for people because I know everybody's busy. But I spend a ton of time, especially on really popular posts, going back and striking up conversations and then taking that. Because here's the, here's the trick, man. It's not about the content and who writes on it. It's that if the right person writes on it, that you take that conversation off of that post. Like that's the real opportunity i have built out yeah. partnerships and what I've done is I've identified those people and I'll go and literally go and talk to them uh, off, off that post and send them a message and talk about setting up a time to chat. And you've already got, you've got all the leverage you need because you, that's your post, right? Like they wrote on your post. So that's great. And here's the other thing. Uh, I'll, I'll just quickly share this because some not everybody has a huge following on LinkedIn, right? People probably like, if you're like 500 or 600 connections, the best thing you can do is go out and start engaging on other really popular people's pieces of content like start really writing and getting your face out there, your name out there, and then provide really good relevant content on other people's posts. And you'll be so surprised how quickly your connections uh, grow and how quickly uh, you get to start building, building your platform. So yeah, I hope that answered your question, but yeah, that that's, uh, it's kind of, kind of been the biggest advantage.
0: 100%. Yeah. So great tactics out of that. I hope everyone that's listening is taking notes uh, and mapping this back to, you know, their LinkedIn profile where you're currently at and how that's going to work for you. So I want to try and kind of wrap this up in a bow and really yep. talk about the yep. agency owner specifically. You know, I'm running an agency, I've got a small mm-hmm. team, and I'm, I'm looking at LinkedIn as kind of the next channel that I want to double down on. You know, how should I be thinking about the execution plan there? We've talked about a lot of things, you know, w- where do I start and, and what should that look like for my agency?
1: Yeah, I would start, this is kind of probably a slower start than maybe what you want on the platform, but I would actually start off the platform. I would start making a, I mean, if you haven't had, if you don't have a customer avatar sheet, (laughs) you should have one or like a client profile. Who's your ideal? Who do you want? Right. And then ask yourself where they live. What do they care about? Um, I actually, you know, stole this from Ryan, but Ryan put together, hey, what are the top 10 questions your customers or potential customers need answering? Right. He said he just recently we were in Vegas together, uh, you know, just <laughs> blowing money, 10X and renting in cars, 10 accident. Now, so we were we were there uh, at an event called 10X Growth Con done by uh, our friend Grant Cardone and his team, which was world class. I mean, just really is. I mean, he, even if you don't like Grant Cardone, uh, for whatever reason, I'm telling you, man, like the people he can put into a room. The it was funny. I sat there and watched, you know, uh, Kevin Hart and. Uh, Marie Forleo and uh, John Travolta and uh, Usher and Floyd Mayweather all talk about their business, not about boxing, not about their music, about like what it looks like in their life and what's made them successful. Dude, that is huge. And Ryan got to be on that stage, too. And Ryan was basically like, hey, no one reads your blog. (laughs) <laughs> like it was just like how he opened it. I'm like, you're not making any friends. Cause a lot of people double down on like, blah, I gotta have a blog. Gotta like put a. on. He's like, no, you don't need a blog. That's not, that's not the point of, of, of what you need and how this thing is going to be successful. And like what people, what people actually are looking for is question to answer questions. Like they have hard questions and they're looking for answers. And if you're the one with the answer, then you're wildly popular and you never have to worry about customers. So he was basically saying like, basically go and find. 10 questions that your potential avatar is looking to solve, and if you're the one who solves for them, he said, like use Cora, use a bunch of different things to like try and figure out what people are talking about. And you can literally type in then Cora by topic, by your industry, agency, digital market agency, whatever, and figure out like what is it that your people are trying to solve. What is the common problem? And then you need to go out on the content side and solve those problems. That's what he's saying. He's like, yeah, I have a blog post for sure, but if no one sees it, it's not out there, it's not ranking, and it's not actually answering the question that's coming up that your idea. Avatar or client profiles trying to answer, then that's you're wasting all your time on content. Same thing, same thing as an agency owner on LinkedIn, you probably have several things that you know you can answer really well. You probably know what you're world classed at and what you can execute on. So if these people out there that you know you've got a dialed in avatar and you know exactly what they're looking to solve, all the content you create, everything you put out, that should really drive what you're doing on the site and who you're connecting with and what you're engaging with and what kind of content you're creating. And if you keep this conversation consistency kind of duo, then you're going to get uh, the right types of conversations started. As an agency owner, though, I would say, man, um, you need to be exceptionally good at this because your clients are going to more and more and more start asking you about LinkedIn. I like it's going to happen like people, I mean, it's, it's only becoming more popular. Uh, the only, the, the questions are only getting harder. <laughs> people don't have a strategy. Like if you know the information that I just said right here, you're quasi an expert to people who just are so mystified by how to be successful on LinkedIn. Most of them are trying to build their business and they are trying to get out there and get in front of the right people. And they are trying to figure out a content strategy and they don't have one. And they're looking to agencies and people like you to help them and be their Sherpa and their guide and, and, and even do it for, them. Right. So I think that there's a distinct opportunity for you to use this, to grow your own brand and then to basically create a product, like productize that process and, and put that into your, your tool belt as, as something that you can offer, because this is only going to get more popular. Uh, and then you're answering the same questions. You're probably sick of answering them and you probably should start putting in real, um, I benchmark pieces of content and and know what your lane is and then start to be consistent with that and build the right types of audiences and just let people know that you're there to help. I think the craziest thing that agency owners do is they, they really don't ask this amazing question, which is, how can I help you with that? <laughs> like, and I know that sounds really weird, but everybody's trying to be heard and everybody's trying to, but, but rarely do we stop for a second and say, man, if you could ask me for anything, if you could literally, I've, I've done this question. If you can ask me to do anything that's going to make your business go faster, what would you ask of me? And it's, you'd be so surprised if people were, people are wildly honest at that and and they will answer that question. And goodness, man, if you have the solution for that thing, that's going to make them go faster. And you just ask them that point point question, which is a million dollar question, by the way, um, if they actually are vulnerable enough to answer it and you have the solution, you have the best client in your whole life, the best thing in your whole book of business right now is going to be that person who really needs you. And you're the one with the answer. So I would say those are, those are hopefully that helps. But I think those are the things regardless of agency owner or not, that we should really start to dial in and understand about our, our, our client avatar. And then if we're the person who answers the question, we're going to be wildly valuable forever and ever and ever and you'll see the longevity in that that customer relationship i love
0: this and it kind of answers the question that i was going to ask as a follow-up which is like once you start the conversation what does that look like but you really just answered it it's just saying hey i see you reached out why'd you reach out how can I help you with that? And and then that yep. gives you the opportunity to your point to say, well, you know what? That's something that we do. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about how we do that. Or to say, that's not something that I do. But you know what? I know somebody over here that might be able to help you. Let me add some value. maybe that, make that connection. You know,
1: man, if you connect, if you connect people with other people and you're the valuable, you're, you're, you're the connector that you're no less valuable than if you had the solution yourself because people remember that they, they remember it. It's why I always say like, I, we, I teach all salespeople to be buyer first and everybody's like, man, what's buyer first mean? And I'm like, buyer first means like, Hey, um, this isn't the perfect timing for you. I don't want to sell you anything today. Like, I don't think your business is ready. Um, it doesn't mean that it, buyer first means that they don't need to buy something from you right away to be the perfect fit for you later. And they'll probably respect you even more because you were the person who was honest enough to say that and save them some money in the moment, or the person who connected them, somebody else who was really relevant in a need in their business. And maybe they just passed over the opportunity to hire you in that moment. It means that they're going to come back around and you're incredibly valuable. You haven't lost any prestige in that you've actually just become more valuable because you, can, you were the person that was the you know, was the, was the person that connected them to the thing that moved their business. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the, kind of what I'm saying, you know, is, is I, I don't think anybody loses anything by, by putting those, those people first, even if it doesn't mean that those people are working with you, like in that moment.
0: I love it. All right. So we have milked a lot of valuable information from yeah. you. Now, there's probably a lot of agency owners that are listening <laughs> to this that are curious about where they can go to be on the cutting edge of things like LinkedIn that are emerging. I know you are creating some of the best content in the world around this. Um, there's also the agency partner program, which I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up, because um, I know I've been fortunate enough sure. to um, be a part of that in some way. You you tend to like to bring in some of the most attractive and muscular um, speakers uh, to come to your training days which might be the reason why I got a chance to grace the stage. Uh,
1: Is this a video (laughs) podcast? So everybody can just see what you actually look Uh, like. Okay, good. If he's, I was going to say, if this isn't a video podcast, he's been telling you that he's just like super buff and like (laughs) the most attractive, Like, yeah, man, you know, I just dropped out of modeling and then I came to this podcast. Yeah. This might be the first time I've said
0: anything like that, but, um, it's just oh, because I'm it. so insecure because of of your, your dominant, um, beauty. Oh, uh, anyway, so this got weird, uh, but this, this right at the end though, I, w- yeah. I waited till the end to make it weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, for those that yeah. are curious about the partner program and what that is and how they can learn more about it, um, you know, where, where should they go yeah. and get some more information?
1: Yeah, literally digital marketer.com forward slash partner, uh, is a really good place to start. And you know, it's funny, it's, so we have a, I'm really proud of this this network of agencies that we have. Um, you know, we have a, like I said, the community is world-class people really will pour out their knowledge on how they grew their agency. Every single month we do an agency training day. We have people in the studio, uh, some of the best speakers on the agency, people, practitioners who have built really incredible agencies and consultants and people that have really good technology solutions for agencies. We bring all those people to one centralized place and we do it every month for our, our agency partners. And we've got, People all over the world, literally 27 countries right now, 27 countries, 12 languages. I mean, people are just doing incredible things, but they're so isolated. Like I think being an agency owner is so weird because it's just like being a business owner. And I've been one. And I understand, like, I understand you can't go down to your customer care people and be like, how am I going to make payroll this week? Like, that's not, that's not, that's not appropriate. You need peers. You need people that you can go to bounce ideas off of, ask really hard questions and feel trusted and vulnerable enough to be able to ask those questions and get answers. And then have tools, have real tools that are going to help you get more customers. Because honestly, that is the number one thing people ask for how do I get more leads? How do I get more leads? How do I, I'm like, you should know you're an agency, but I'll help you. Um, Getting leads is super important, but even better is, is you, once you have a lead, what is the biggest tool that you can use to help convert that person, become credibly invaluable, get some money for all these free consultations you're doing? Like, please stop doing free consultation and feeling like, how do you actually systematize this thing? How do you systematize and scale your agency? Like, that's what we're all about. But we get to use and leverage a a wealth of knowledge from people who are in the trenches doing it every day. And yeah, man, I've been so proud to be a part of it, to be a host and, you know, uh, be my own Sherpa with these folks and, and just realize, you know, they're all doing a million things, trying to grow and trying to, trying to be business owners. So yeah, we do have that program, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, digitalmarketer.com forward slash partner. Yeah. And what I
0: love, you know, just anecdotally, what I love about this program is that not only is it a community, you know, there's lots of communities out there. This is a, an exceptional one, but it also pairs that community with to your point, like the, some of the best training in the world around digital marketing, not just for the agency owners, but also for their teams. Like the amount of resources that you get access to inside of a program like this is just unbelievable. Like I haven't seen anything else uh, out there like it. So highly recommend if you're listening and you haven't found that place, or maybe you're looking for a new place to hang out and, and meet other entrepreneurs and just level up your agency and get access to great resources for you and your team. Um, definitely go and check it out. It'll be in the Thanks show notes. Um, and and you might get Appreciate a chance it. to meet Marcus at a training day, which is worth the investment in and of itself, mm-hmm. I think. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> so with that, um, the last thing is, you know, if people want to follow you and the content that you're creating, especially around LinkedIn, uh, where should yep. they go to find that? Yep.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is... Uh, Gosh, it's just Marcus Murphy. I'm, I'm typically the first one, which is like so flattering to be there. Uh, but also, if you just do the LinkedIn and all the whatever and forward slash Marcus A. Murphy, then that'll that'll find it. Um, yeah, man, I, I honestly, that's the best place. And it's so funny because people always try to like connect with me on Facebook. Don't I don't I literally do that with like friends and family. And you don't want that anyway. It's like 400 pictures of my kids. So I'm pretty boring on there. Uh, Instagram. I'm Marcus uh, A. Murphy and on Twitter, I'm Mr. Marcus Murphy. And so, yeah, wherever we can have a conversation, like I'm super willing to have the conversation with people online where they want to have it. It's always funny. It's like I think that's the best sales rep thing too, is like omni-channel conversation starting because I I have friends that like literally have my cell phone number, and for whatever reason, they message me on LinkedIn and Instagram and everything else. So, and the reason why is because they're just having the conversation yeah. where they're at, and I think that's a really cool last nugget. Is like be willing to have the conversation where people are at, get on the plane. I don't know who needs to hear that right now. Get on that plane. Okay. <laughs> go get that meeting. Please. Just get on. Love the it. Plane. So if
0: you're listening, all that information in the show notes, make sure you go connect with Marcus and start that conversation. And Marcus, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out to be on the show. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. And I look very forward to the next time that we get to hang out and you get to watch me sit unflatteringly in a beanbag chair somewhere in San Diego
1: at TNC. I can't wait. It's so good. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Awesome.
0: And if you're listening to this at home, guys, leave us a comment where you're listening. Let us know what you got from the episode. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Well, that's all for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you wanna make sure to be kept up to date when we release a new show. And of course, check out parakeeto.com if you wanna dive deeper into our library of resources to improve your profitability, including our free agency profitability toolkit. And of course, if you got some value from today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from hearing it, be sure to share it with them or leave us a review. All of those things help us impact more agency owners. So with that, thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.